No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Jehu, king of Israel, in his zeal for the Lord, kills the brothers of Ahaziah, king of Judah. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Kings chapter 10 on Simply the Bible. It is possible to be mightily used by God and yet not to serve God. Solomon is an example. No one who ever lived had such wisdom. Yet as Solomon grew older, he did not live in that wisdom. He knew the right thing to do, but chose not to do it. If someone with such great wisdom can do that, then so can we. It's not how we start, but how we finish that matters most. We have before us today another person who started out well. In fact, Jehu was the only king of the northern kingdom of Israel to be anointed by God as king. He was a military man, and God chose him to execute his judgment on King Ahab, his wicked wife Jezebel, and on all Ahab's descendants. Jehu zealously carried out the Lord's instructions, but he also went further than what God commanded. Somewhere along the line, personal ambition stepped in. When they send a rocket to the moon, if they get off course even by one degree, they will completely miss their destination. Likewise, getting off just a little now, if we don't make an immediate course correction, will put us far off the mark later, possibly even missing our destination. Jehu had killed King Joram, Ahab's son. He also killed Jezebel and 70 other sons of Ahab. But there was still more to come. We continue in 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 12. Jehu arose and departed and went to Samaria. On the way at Bethekid of the shepherds, Jehu met with the brothers of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? So they answered, We are the brothers of Ahaziah. We have come down to greet the sons of the king and the sons of the queen mother. And he said, Take them alive. So they took them alive and killed them at the well of Bethekid, 42 men, and he left none of them. We saw yesterday that King Ahaziah of Judah was with King Joram when Jehu killed him. Jehu had Ahaziah killed also because he was related to the house of Ahab. Ahaziah's mother was the daughter of Jezebel. And he had introduced Baal worship to the southern kingdom of Judah. But why would Jehu order the massacre of all Ahaziah's brothers? God never told him to destroy the house of Ahaziah. In fact, if Jehu had completely wiped them all out, then it would have ended the Davidic dynasty in Judah. Again, Jehu was overreaching, swerving outside of his lane. By these actions, he proved himself to be a bloodthirsty man. Now, when he departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he greeted him and said to him, Is your heart right as my heart is toward your heart? 
And Jehonadab answered, it is. Jehu said, if it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand and he took him up to him into the chariot. Then he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they had him ride in his chariot. And when he had come to Samaria, he killed all who remained to Ahab in Samaria till he had destroyed them, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. Jehu was a warrior, not a diplomat, and certainly no spiritual leader. His administration needed help. Therefore, Jehu reached out to Jehonadab. He was a Rechabite a people who belonged to the Kenites, who were descendants of Moses' brother-in-law. They identified with the tribe of Judah, but they kept to themselves. According to the rule set by their ancestors, they wouldn't drink wine, build a house, or farm the land. Instead, they lived as nomads. We will hear more of them again when we get to the book of Jeremiah. Because Jehonadab had a strict moral code and a good reputation among his people, Jehu wanted to add him to his team. Jehu's appeal to Jehonadab was his zeal for the Lord, demonstrated by wiping out the idolatrous house of Ahab. Jehonadab stepped into Jehu's chariot and by so doing, joined his cause. But did Jehonadab understand the wild ambition that fueled Jehu's heart? When Jehu said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord, it was, as we might say, a red flag. Why? Because the focus was on Jehu and his zeal rather than on the glory of the Lord. In my life, when I have ignored such red flags and others, I have regretted it later. Then Jehu gathered all the people together and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, Jehu will serve him much. Now, therefore, call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants and all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu acted deceptively with the intent of destroying the worshipers of Baal. Now, on the one hand, we must admire the zeal Jehu had to stomp out Baal worship in Israel. Certainly, this was commendable. But do the ends justify the means? Jehu deceived everyone, posing to be a Baal worshiper himself, when his true intention was to gather them up in one place and slaughter them. Because Jehu was so ruthless, many people would have felt the pressure to worship Baal because if they didn't, Jehu might put them to death. Now, it was true that they had no business being at the temple of Baal, but was Jehu justified in deceiving them? You see, deception is the way of the world. God is a God of truth. Jehu had the right under the law to put to death anyone who practiced idol worship But this was a sting operation based upon deception. Perhaps Jehu was motivated by his own impatience. In this way, he could easily stamp out all Baal worship at one time. And Jehu said, proclaim a Solomon assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. Then Jehu sent throughout all Israel and all the worshipers of Baal came so that there was not a man left who did not come. So they came into the temple of Baal, and the temple of Baal was full from one end to the other. 
And he said to the one in charge of the wardrobe, bring out vestments for all the worshipers of Baal. So he brought out vestments for them. Little did they know that these worship vestments would soon become their grave clothes. Then Jehu and Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, went into the temple of Baal and said to the worshipers of Baal, Search and see that no servants of the Lord are here with you, but only the worshipers of Baal. Before they began the massacre, at least they double-checked to make sure that there were no worshipers of Yahweh among them. I wonder if that was Jehonadab's idea. So they went in to offer sacrifices and burn offerings. Now Jehu had appointed for himself 80 men on the outside and had said, if any of the men whom I have brought into your hands escapes, whoever lets him escape, it will be his life for the life of the other. Now that would be strong incentive not to let any of those worshipers get by you. Now it happened as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering that Jehu said to the guard and to the captains, go in and kill them. Let no one come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. Then the guards and the officers threw them out and went into the inner room of the temple of Baal. So there was no place for these Baal worshipers to escape. And they brought the sacred pillars out of the temple of Baal and burned them. Then they broke down the sacred pillar of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal and made it a refuse dump to this day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal from Israel. Jehu did everything he could think of to completely desecrate this pagan temple. After destroying all the sacred images, he then tore down the temple and made it a public toilet. However, Jehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin, that is, from the golden calves that were at Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in doing what is right in my sight, and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart, for he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam who had made Israel sin. You know, Israel did not have a single good king. Now, God did commend Jehu for carrying out his vengeance against the house of Ahab. And because of that, Jehu would have a dynasty that would last for four generations, over 100 years the longest reigning dynasty in Israel. But sadly, Jehu continued in the sins of Jeroboam by worshiping the two golden calves in Bethel and in Dan. Now, Jeroboam had set those up not to replace the Lord, but to represent the Lord. Yet, they were idols nonetheless. God cannot be represented by any image. This was a matter of political expediency. Like Jeroboam, before him, Jehu didn't want the people going to the temple in Jerusalem to worship the Lord, for he feared that he would then lose control of them. And so he gave in to the sins of Jeroboam. Jehu also would not walk in the law of the Lord with all his heart. He was more interested in his own political ambition than in pleasing the Lord. Jehu was not the only governmental leader to fall into that trap. 
In those days, the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel and Hazael conquered them in all the territory of Israel. From the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, Gad, Reuben, Manasseh, from Aurora, which is by the river Arnon, including Gilead and Bashan. Because of Jehu's disobedience, God began to cut away parts of his kingdom, beginning with the two and a half tribes on the east side of the Jordan. They were most vulnerable. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu, all that he did and all his might, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? That's a book we don't have. So Jehu rested with his fathers and they buried him in Samaria. Then Jehoahaz, his son, reigned in his place. And the period that Jehu reigned over Israel in Samaria was 28 years. Jehu started out well. He certainly did the bidding of the Lord. He was commended by God and his reign and dynasty were the longest in Israel. However, Jehu, like so many, did not finish well. Personal ambition took precedence over him pleasing God. May the Lord help us avoid that pitfall. It's not about us or about our zeal for God, but about offering ourselves to serve him for his glory. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll return to the southern kingdom and see where Ahaziah's mother, Athaliah, murders her grandsons and becomes queen of Judah. But a conspiracy is formed against her, resulting in a seven-year-old king being crowned. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Kings on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible